is episode 452 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, March 30th, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'm pretty much going to talk about news and whatnot because I don't have a whole lot to talk about in terms of what I've been playing. So, I want to start with the biggest news for me that came out. And that is the announcement of No Man's Sky Next, which is the next big update in the franchise. But the bigger news is that this also means the game is coming to Xbox One. And I gave up on the possibility of this happening. I feel like it was only a few months ago where I was just like, forget it. This this is over. This dream is dead. And I think it was part because there hasn't there wasn't an update to No Man's Sky just in general since I think maybe July of last year or sometime or maybe September, but it was it, it's been a while. And I figured it's been 6 months or so since any word it's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have been announced a few months ago. But I was wrong. And now No Man's Sky is coming to Xbox 1. And I'm super excited about this because I loved my time with No Man's Sky on PlayStation 4. I played it post-launch update and pre-all the other updates. So I didn't experience it when it was really... Because I, I heard stories, and I think most people did who follow the game, about how significant the jump was with just that day one update the day one patch, but I played probably 40 hours of the game, and I enjoyed every second of it. Eventually, I decided I didn't get to the end of the game or whatever that is, but I, I came to a point where I was like, yeah, I've, I'm satisfied. I'm going to move on to other games. But I adored that game because I never got so overhyped on it, and even seeing all the footage and the demos and all that, I still got what I expected to get from the game. I wasn't expecting something more than what we ended up getting on day one. And I had so much fun just in exploring the various worlds and these weird-looking creatures. And more so than anything, I was so hooked into finding new alien words and learning more of the language, being being able to better communicate with the various species I would find on certain planets, you know, you come to a little outpost or whatever, and they'd give you a mission or ask you some questions, and maybe they'd damage you, or maybe you'd get something out of it. It depends on your, your one of three answers, I think, and the more words you'd learn, the better you'd be able to understand what exactly they were asking and what exactly you'd be saying in response. And I love that. It just felt like I was actually gaining knowledge while playing the game. Like, I was continuously learning more and more about these various species, about these worlds, and I just had a blast with that. It, it gave me what I wanted, which was just a peaceful game where I got to explore worlds and name creatures and all that, and I, I adored it. So I'm looking forward to playing it again with all the updates and all that jazz, and I'm, I'm definitely excited and curious to see how the xbox audience reacts to the game given that they unless they own both systems and already played it or played it on pc will be coming into it with fresh eyes and seeing it 
with all of the content and you know they're coming at it at a point where it's been heavily updated heavily modified very very different from where it was when it first came out and in many people's eyes even the and people who were very critical of it at launch say it's in a much better place so seeing how those people react to the game is going to be very very interesting and i'm just excited that it's actually coming out and then the news of the remastered edition of Red Faction Guerrilla was another huge surprise that I wasn't expecting, and I'm <laughs> I can't wait for that. I've been wa- ever since Xbox One announced backward compatibility for 360 games. I've been waiting, 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 and waiting for Guerrilla to be added because it's one of my favorite games. It's a just delightful playground to mess around in because of the destructibility. And it also had a super fun multiplayer component. And it never hit backward compatibility. And that that was the same for Crackdown, which finally hit. And I'm like, well, maybe Gorilla's next. Uh, but we're going to get a remastered edition instead. And while, sure, I would love it to be backward compatible too, I'll take a remastered edition. I, w- I would like to see it with some cleaner visuals and all that. And... And like in both cases, with both No Man's Sky and this, like with No Man's Sky, if you have a version of it already, it's just a free update. This next thing, you know, it'll cost an unannounced price right now for Xbox One, and with the remastered edition, Steam users will be able to upgrade for free. PS4, Xbox One users will have to just buy it. I'm sure there's no way of upgrading there but um it's it's nice that if you have it on steam you'll be able to get that upgrade which leads me to wonder i believe red faction gorilla is still a game that implements games for windows live so you can get achievements but when this update hits and i don't think in these cases they're ever optional updates like you you can i don't think you can be like i don't want your fancy version i want to keep this regular version I'm I'm curious about that because, you know, I still have my collection of games that still have the games for Windows Live implemented in them. I believe that's one of them. And now I really want to go back and just play through it and get all the achievements before this happens because I'm very worried about it. I've already I already screwed myself out of other games. Like I think the Batman games had it removed and a handful of others because there was a time when I I would just buy games for Windows Lives enabled games when they were on sale on steam because i'm like at some point i'm gonna be able to get the the same achievements i'm gonna get double the achievements when i was heavily into the achievement hunting phase of my life but yeah i'm excited for that last thing i want to talk about is far cry 5 which i haven't played yet i'm waiting and i'll hopefully play it fairly soon but what i want to talk about is the reviews for Far Cry 5. Because I think Far Cry 5 is a prime example of how review scores are... I don't want to be too harsh, but they're kind of garbage. In that you can read someone's review and they might say things that make you really, really excited about a game and want to play it, but... The score could, if you just look at the score and don't read any of the text, you'll be like, oh, this is not good. And the example I have is from Polygon, 
which I want to find the exact quote that really uh, just uh, to me was like, oh, well, this is this is exactly what is wrong with reviews and part of why I kind of just I like I've stopped caring about reviews so much and I you know I go off of gameplay and I get a lot of games that I just I'll, I'll check them out myself and all that jazz but um I believe Polygon gave it a 6.5 I'm looking I'm looking this is empty space I should have prepared this earlier I meant to prepare it and then I I, I didn't because I'm an idiot so here, here, I got it. I just want to I want to double check the score of it first. Do do do. Do 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 do. Uh what did they give it? Was it a yeah, 6.5. Ben Kuchera. And a quote from it is What's left if you have the stomach to ignore the story? A very enjoyable game with an immense number of things to do a beautifully recreated portion of the United States, and a collection of missions with wildly varying tones and structure. It's a finely tuned open-world game stapled onto a story that's insultingly bad. And so, and I've seen this with a lot of the reviews for Far Cry 5, where the ones that are very critical and give it the lower scores are heavily lowering their score. They're giving it a bad score, a lower score, a middling score because of the story. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being incredibly critical about the story in any game um, and lowering your score for that. But then I, I, I look at it and I think, well, why do we need these scores? These scores are weird because I think a lot of people with Far Cry for example don't really give a shit about the story I don't when I I don't think any of the Far Cry games have had particularly great stories I can't remember any of them I remember the moments I've had in them I remember the gameplay I remember the experiences that I've had in their worlds the stories I don't whatever Pagan Min he was a character I, do I remember a bunch about him? No. Voss or whatever? I, I didn't even remember him until I heard people talking about him when they're talking about Far Cry 5. Who's the villain in Far Cry 2? My favorite Far Cry? No idea. All I know is there were a bunch of fires and every, there were outposts every 10 feet and everyone wanted to kill you and you constantly had to get drugs because you were dying of malaria all the time and I loved every second of it. And you had your buddies, your companions. Far Cry 1? I didn't play that much of it. <laughs> but, um, it, it's just, I look at all these reviews and whatnot, and I think so many of them say that the game is a lot of fun. And that if there's anything to complain about, it's the story. And that the story doesn't go that far, or it's so bad, or whatever. But regardless of that, if you, if you can ignore the story, which is how I play all Far Cry's, then you're going to be left with an amazing experience that is super fun and there's a lot to do. And the arcade thing is kind of cool and we'll see what happens with that with time. And I know from people that I've talked to and people I know that they just look at the scores and they don't read the text. 
But if the scores weren't there, they'd have to read the text. They probably wouldn't read the text. And I understand why scores are there. Because people want scores. I just feel like scores can often be misleading about the quality of a game or what's good in a game. Because they're, when you're scoring a game or scoring anything, you're scoring every part of it. And you can check a review and then go to the bottom or whatever where a lot of reviews will have your little bullet points, your pros and cons. Great gameplay, great whatever, um, you know, horrible story, blah, blah, blah. And you could look at those to try and get a, uh, an idea. Or like with Game Informer, they have their little sidebar that says, here's the gameplay is so-and-so, the graphics are so-and-so, replay value, moderately high, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I I wish review scores just didn't exist because I think they don't tell the full story. And this goes for movies too. I think in any kind of review, we don't need scores. Because even like when I review something, trying to think of a score, it's like, well, how do I review this? If it's, I love the story, but I thought the gameplay was garbage or this or that like brothers a way out just came out and it's the same developers who made brothers i don't remember liking playing the game all that much but i think it's an incredibly special game and an incredible experience because of the way it plays and being a bit frustrating times and awkward when you get to that end point it all makes sense why it handled that way for the majority of the game and it, it's impactful and it's something that you can only experience in a game. And I think it's a very special game for that. But the majority of the game isn't that great. But it's leading you to this incredible end, this incredible experience. But, you know, 90% of the game is like, ah, and then 10% is like, oh, whoa. This is, this is what you were going for. So it's, you know... It's a thing. <laughs> anyway, that's that's pretty much it. Been playing some more Into the Breach. I really... I want to clean out the squad achievements, and then I think I'm just going to keep playing it forever, but with random squads, because I think that's the way to play it once you unlock all the squads, because it just gives you this challenge and roll of the dice to, as to whether or not you get a good team, a balanced team, an overpowered team, a team you're not in, that used to, a team that is just a really weird uh, combination of players. Like you might, you might be on a team that here, here's, here's one fire guy, one ice guy, and then just one smoke guy or something. And they don't exactly work well together. Um, I, my first random roll was with the mech, uh, the humanoid like mech that can jump and basically explode in adjacent spaces and himself too. So he always takes the damage when he does his attack. And I hate him. I don't want him. And then I had the plane that does the smoke bit that I really like. And some other thing that I thought was incredibly useless with that team. But I, I still adore that game. So yeah. Anyway, that will do it for today's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Monomalist, Steam, 
and all the usual places at PX Sausage on PSN. I am the Kush Three. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal podcast, which are also available on streaming services across the globe. Podcast services across the globe, whatever, like Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio and the Google Play Store. And you can also find the art I do on the site or by going to pxsart.com. And if you'd like to support the site in general and everything we do, like the podcast, the videos, the art, go over to patreon.com slash pxs and chip in a buck or two a month that away. And like I said, or like I mentioned, videos, go over to youtube.com slash sausage. Check them out. Episode 3, part 3 of my unfinished Schwann playthrough is live now and it's the best one it's a good one because that is the part where i enter the world of spiders that i did not know was in the game and i was not having a good time so if you only watch one part of that playthrough part three is the one to go with because holy crap i was not a happy camper at all when that shit came to fruition came into my face Oh, that's a weird image. I don't want to talk about spiders coming in, in my face. <laughs> ew, 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 ew. But yeah, that will do it. So, bye.